Melissa. And I'm Jenny. And you're listening to Outdoor Sports Girls. And this week we're going to talk about the Outdoor Retailer Trade Show in Denver. We just got back from our 20th show. So we're going to talk about our favorite things we saw, trends, what's going on in the outdoor industry as a whole, basically. So can you tell people, Melissa, like what the Outdoor Retailer Show is? For yeah, I guess know? a lot of people who've never heard about or attended the show, it's essentially a giant trade show of outdoor gear. So it's everybody from the North Face to Arcteryx to, let's see, who Mom else? and Pop brands. Yeah, Mom and Pop yeah. brands, smaller brands. and Skiing, it's snowboarding. Anything, anything that you might think that is outdoor related is at the show. And so there are a million different booths and they all are featuring the gear that's going to be coming out for the next season. And at four o'clock, they have a happy hour every day where people network and walk around and see new things. And this year the show got even bigger because they combined it with the snow show. So now it's skiing, snowboarding, all of those sports, as well as what the outdoor retailer show covered too. So it used to just be the OR, OR show in Salt Lake City, and it was in Salt Lake City for like 22 years, and they recently moved it to Denver because of some public lands issues that we have in Utah, which we won't get into on this episode, but let's just say we agree with the reasons, but it is a little less convenient for us to go all the way to Denver for the show, and it is a little more expensive to stay in Denver and to park in Denver and all those things. And I think it's kind of hard because this being our 20th show, I think up to our like what 17th or 18th show, we had it nailed. We knew where all the bathrooms were. We knew like where to go to get the coffee, which booths had free breakfasts and the lay of the land and all of that. And I feel like we have to start all over again at the new show. I mean, I can't quite get the aisles down. I'm just so lost all of a sudden. I feel like it's my first show again. Mm -hmm. It's just such a massive building. Well, it's a massive show too. Remember our first OR? We had no idea what we were doing. Mm -hmm. You just walk in circles. Well, I mean, we try not to walk in circles. I think we ended up walking about 10 or 15 miles a day (laughs) because we didn't happen to book any of our appointments next to each other. But our first show was just, (laughs) it wasn't a disaster. It was just that we hadn't been working at the magazine that long. And so we didn't have enough time to book appointments before the show. So our plan was to just ambush (laughs) people and we had a lot of really weird appointments and we were just kind of meeting with whomever and it was just an odd experience, but, but at the same time, met a lot of connections that we still know those people today. That's true. There are twice a year friends is what Mm -hmm. we call them. We see them twice a year, which is actually more often than I see some of my other friends. (laughs) That's true. That live in the same city (laughs) or near. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, you can't just waltz into the show if you're not a member of like, you have to be a buyer an exhibitor, retailer, a retailer or media. or media to get into the show. And you have to have a badge and they check all the badges at the show. This one's at the Colorado Convention Center in downtown Denver. And so you go to the show and it starts every day at 9 a.m. And you can take meetings until six, but most people take meetings until four o'clock and then sort of grab a beer at whatever booth is offering free beer and roll around and see what else is trending at the show. So... Maybe you can talk about what your favorite things were that you saw trending at the show. You know, I feel like we saw a lot of stories on sustainability. I feel like people are moving beyond recycled fabric because for a long time, people have been making jackets with recycled plastic water bottles. That was like the thing forever. And now I feel like people are saying, okay, what can we do to go beyond that, beyond that in sustainability? And I think one of the coolest thing I saw is uh, Polar Tech. Their new fabric is called Polar Tech Bio. 
and it's completely biodegradable. So basically, if you threw away a jacket in a landfill, which obviously you're not going to do this till you've worn it for 10 years or so, but the idea is that it will completely biodegrade in about a year. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there were a lot of sustainability stories. That was kind of the word that we were hearing in all of our meetings. So we have meetings every half an hour at a different booth. And so we essentially are meeting with a different brand every half an hour. And at all of them, they, there was talk of what they were doing to be a more sustainable brand. I think uh, the, the Fjallraven Regal story was really cool. Do you remember what that was about? Yeah, they're basically taking wool that was already made and repurposing the stuff that was bound for the garbage, like the excess fabric, and turning it into new jackets and cardigans instead of throwing that fabric in the garbage, which I think is a story that a lot of people are doing. Smartwool is doing a similar thing by creating base layers that are 3D printed, and 3D printing allows you to not have the waste and the discarded fabric from traditional cut-and-sew methods. So you just have a lot less fabric that you're throwing away. Which is really smart and helps everyone. I think it was Eagle Creek that came up with the idea, or somebody at Eagle Creek came up with the idea of uh, they were having kids in Africa scrape off the plastic stuff from windshields and then use it as like a DWR type coating for their bags to keep them waterproof and together to make it, uh, I don't know, it's, it's more uh, high tech than I can really lay out <laughs> on the show, but it's super cool and it's a company that you should support. <coughs> I think Polar Tech plans to make everything recycled and biogradable in the next coming years, the few next few years. Yeah, and all those Polar Tech partners will be using that fabric in their fleece jackets and in their waterproof membranes. So it's really creating like a shorter life cycle for clothing because there's so much discarded clothing in the US that if we can shorten up the lifespan of that clothing and let it biodegrade instead of sitting in a landfill or in a pile, that's a good thing. Right. Cause even after people have donated it to the goodwill or wherever it's going, eventually it's going to be taken out of rotation. Mm -hmm. And where does it go after that? I think a lot of people don't think about what happens to their clothing once they're done with it. I think Patagonia has moved to using all recycled fabrics in their jackets, which is super cool. They're always at the forefront of the industry when it comes to sustainability stories. One of the coolest things we saw was for me, the 111 watches which are the solar, you could, they're solar charged watches, but you can also charge them with artificial light, which is super rare. Cause I think what happens to a lot of people with their watches, and this is really sad, but the battery dies and then they either just don't wear the watches. I just put them in a drawer forever if the battery dies. Yeah. Then <laughs> the watch has like a, the lifetime span of only as long as its battery, which is stupid. But the solar ones, you can just charge it up, whether sun or just artificial light, then yeah. you have that watch forever. Yeah. So the 111 watch was super cool. And you can swim with it and dive with it, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Too. Down to like a hundred plus feet or something yeah. like that, wasn't it? Yeah. It was super reasonable price point for what it is too. What else did you see at the show? That you, you know, I cool? really liked the green shoe partnership from Soul, who is a footwear maker and United by Blue, which is a Philadelphia based clothing maker. And their new shoe takes a rice rubber outsole and they combine it with a recycled wine cork midsole to create a really sustainable platform. And then they get from United by Blue bison insulation. That's United by Blue's big thing because bison fiber is traditionally a discarded byproduct of the food industry. People use the bison meat, but they don't use the bison hair. Well, United by Blue thought that was stupid. So they started using it as insulation in their jackets. And in this case, they're using it in the shoe. That's neat. Yeah. So that's great. It's a fabric that was just literally being thrown away in the garbage and now it's being used. And what's great about bison fiber 
is it's cool in the summer, it's warm in the winter because of the fibers naturally, natural temperature regulation. Oh, that's really yeah. neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting to see the innovations that people are <clears throat> making. Like a lot of people ask like, Oh, like what are the cool things that you saw at the show? And I don't always think it's like that. Like you're going to go to the show and you're going to see like the next generation of skis or something like that. I think a lot of it is coming from the sustainability and where are you tracking your like ally down is free of palm oil, which is really bad. So really bad for the environment. So it's just stuff like that, that you see when people are making those kind of steps. I think that's where the innovation happens at the show. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily always that you're going to be looking for the new, like pen with a clock in it or something. And I think some things are not obvious. Like I'm a snowboarder. And one of the coolest things I saw was Jones snowboards is swapping out their petroleum based epoxy with a sap bioresin. And that makes the snowboard super sustainable and way easier on the environment than any other snowboard. And that's cool because no one else is doing that. But if you just looked at it, you would just think that's a snowboard. You wouldn't realize that it's sap resin. So I think that's cool when you actually get the story behind the brand of what they're really doing. Might not be obvious, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. I think a lot of people just buy skis or snowboards or their clothing and don't really think about any of that, you know, but the companies are making great sacrifices to bring sustainability into their products too. It's not, you know, it's generally, it's more expensive to produce. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then when you start putting things on top of it, like, oh, is it made in the USA? And if it's not, how are the workers treated in another country? There's just so many different elements. And I think the brands with good reputations are really going out of their way to set the standard. And I think Patagonia probably are the ones who really started that train of thought, but there are a lot of brand stories who have that legacy as well and who continue to like make those kind of innovations. And it's being embraced by brands big and small. I really appreciate that Picture Organic, which is a smaller company, has embraced the fact that all their ski and snowboarding gear needs to be sustainable. It has to be from recycled fabric. And they even released a new bio-based membrane in their new jacket. And so they don't need to be Patagonia to do that. And I like that. And they still try to keep the price points within something that normal people could buy, which is cool. Yeah, it's definitely set at a price point. That's the key part, right? Like it has to be at a price point that your average person can afford because Mm -hmm. if no one can buy it, what's the point of like saving the planet if nobody's going to be able to get it? Yeah. I mean, there still are those products, but you just don't hear about the uh, sustainability as much from the higher end brands. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And I think one of the biggest buzzwords I heard at the show in relation to sustainability overall is supply chain. And that's something that I think people have never looked at in the past. And it's all been about like recycled fabric. But now what they're really telling brands to do is look at your whole supply chain. Like where did the fabric come from? How are the workers treated? And instead of sourcing materials in a foreign country, what if we source it locally? And so basically what a lot of companies are trying to do is shorten up the supply chain to get everything closer and with fewer chemicals to reduce fossil fuel use. So that's something that I think consumers might not be aware of. That's like a larger trend that is good for the planet. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think there were some other pretty neat things to see at the show. What was your, do you have any like highlight favorites of things that you saw? or trends that you noticed? One of my favorite things in terms of trends and product was Helly Hansen has a couple cool new things. They have a life pocket, which I love. It's basically a PolarTech insulated pocket in all their jackets that you put your phone in that pocket and it will keep your battery preserved even when it's cold, which is handy because we're all on our phones all the time, taking pictures, doing whatever. 
Yeah. Is that the phone sleeping bag? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I it mean, looks like a little tiny sleeping bag for your phone. Yes. And they built it right into the jacket. And Helly Hansen also had one of our favorite products, I think, is corduroy overall. The, the ski bib, the, the yeah. corduroy ski bib. Yeah. Hopefully those will come out sooner rather than later because I really want to wear those. They're super cool. I think corduroy was a huge trend at the show. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of stuff in corduroy. I remember being really fascinated when they started doing that like waterproof velvet or like mm-hmm. velvet is like a technical fabric, which I saw more last year. And this year it seems to be corduroy. And so pull out your dad's old pants. You can wear them again. They're cool. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> there were also a lot of like high-waisted ski bibs. Mm-hmm. You said you saw some anorak jackets that were cool. There it seems some... like everyone's doing an anorak. We saw a lot of mountain hardware, but it seems like that style is coming back where people want that half zip pullover look. Yeah, I really like anoraks. I just haven't found any great women's ski anorak jackets. That part hasn't come yet. They always make the stuff for men first, and then they, the second iteration is women's gear. I think it's coming. It seems like it's coming down the line. Yeah, hopefully it's coming. If you're yeah. listening, <laughs> women's ski anorak. <laughs> yeah, so there were some metallic-y materials. I saw a lot of like ketchup and mustard colors. Mm-hmm. Those seem to be the colors for next year. So look out for that. And I, what else did I like? The Kari Tra base layers I thought were the cutest. The cutest base layers. Icebreakers got some cute new stuff. The Mountain Hardware stretch down jackets I really liked. And just the stretch down material in general is so great. Yeah, if you haven't seen stretch down, it's super cool because it's a plush, soft fabric for a down jacket. But it's stretchy, so it really moves with you and makes it easier to wear all day and comfortable. It doesn't feel like a sleeping bag like certain down jackets can feel. Yeah, there are a lot of down jackets that feel like a sleeping bag. One of my favorite things was the Kathmandu backpack that we saw. So Kathmandu is an Asian company, I believe. I think they're... Australian. Australian, yeah. Yes. Okay. So they're Australian, and they have this backpack that is has a charge with it and you can siphon a charge from it to give charge to another person's phone. Like you can say, Oh, like your battery's dying. Let me give you 20%, Mm -hmm. which is super cool. So I haven't really seen anything else like that at all, but I think it is the future. And that backpack had another super cool feature where it linked up essentially with your phone and if it became separated. So if your phone and your backpack become separated by more than something like 10 feet, it will both will start beeping. So that's the idea that if you leave your phone on the table at lunch, it's going to alert you. Or if someone walks off with your backpack while it's on your chair. So I thought that was a really great feature to just make you aware of when things get separated. Yeah. I think the whole like tracking part with your gear has come a long way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, now we have so many devices like tile, and everything to be able to find your gear when it goes missing because all our items are so expensive now. Yeah. You don't want to lose them. Yeah. What else? The shift ski binding from Atomic was super cool, or it's not an Atomic product, (coughs) but we saw it at the Atomic booth. That was really neat. Good, like, backcountry binding. What else did you see that was cool? You know, one thing I really enjoyed seeing was with the Primaloft bio that we talked about, In Primaloft's booth, you could see all the concept pieces from Primaloft partners of what their fully biodegradable products look like. And I think that was really neat to see these jackets that can biodegrade completely. And the total time is 394 days. And obviously, like, that's when you're done wearing it. But the reason they invented it is because the stats are crazy. Did you know 84% of clothing ends up in landfills? That is crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. So... 
there's piles of clothes all over the world. And the idea is one day you'll be done wearing this jacket and let's make it go away when you're done wearing it. So I loved seeing the concepts. I thought they were all cool. They looked great. They were things people would actually want to wear. And I like knowing that I can buy a jacket and I'm not contributing to the long-term damage of the planet. Cool. Yeah. I like that demo too. The display was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I think we've gone over some of our favorite things. And if you want to see photos of those things coming out before they're on the market, visit our website, outdoorsportsgirls.com and we'll post pictures of the products that we saw at the show. And these will all be out probably in spring of 2020. So you can look for that. Yeah. Some of them come out in like fall, winter, mm-hmm. uh, 2019, but yeah, so they'll be on the market for next winter season. And if you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at outdoorsportsgirls.com.